Welcome to the Work From Home podcast with Mr. Tolu Balogun. In this podcast series, I will be talking about various ways for you to transit to working from home if you are not already doing so. If you are already working from home like me, I will be talking about a lot of things you can do to scale your business and move it to the next level. Hi everyone, welcome to the Work From Home podcast again with Mr. Tolobalogu. Today I have a very interesting guest with me, Sarah transited from photography to full-scale online business. She has tried a lot of things, but I don't want to let all the cats out of the bag. I would let her tell us about herself and her early days working as a photographer, Sarah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I started my entrepreneurial journey back in 2008 i had had six different jobs that year not at the same time but uh throughout the course of the year and decided that i wanted to start working for myself and on my own and so i started a photography business um but i realized that while i like taking photos of animals and architecture and landscapes i didn't really like taking photos of people but that's where the money is <laughs> i was doing weddings and portraits um but the bigger issue than that was um just the expense to maintain and upkeep uh, camera equipment and lighting and software so i decided to switch to an online business um so that it would be it's a lot easier to manage an online business on a budget uh, because there's very little overhead and so I tried different things like drop shipping and affiliate marketing and blogging and, um, and it was kind of through the process of trying different things that I noticed all these free or affordable tools and resources and software uh, and so I decided to write a book called Frugalpreneur uh, going over like the different types of online business options and the different tools and resources to run that for almost free or at least affordably. And then I launched the podcast to go with that also called Frugalpreneur, but it was just going to be um, a short lived thing, maybe like 10 episodes or something, but I was getting more leverage and traction with the podcast than the book. And so I kept up the podcast and uh, made I enjoyed making connections and um, and just the growth that it was experience, experiencing and so then I kind of got into all things podcasting like become obsessed with podcasting so I created just recently um, a podcast production agency because I was uh, editing and producing my own podcasts and so I figured why not get paid to do it for other people? So I did that. Uh, that's podseam.com. Okay. And then, yeah, and then um, also podcastresourcedirectory.com I created as a way for uh, a place for people to go who are looking to start a podcast uh, but don't know where to go. And there's just so much information. So it has like different tools and resources to get people started and yeah, so that that's where I am now. 
Okay, that's um, beautiful. Thank you for giving us a great overview. So um, let us now um, take everything kind of step by step and learn mm -hmm. um, the wealth and the beauty of your journey. Um, I have a little bit of I have a little bit of experience too um, in the media space. There was a time I was working with my friends. We were also running the photography slash video. Um, um business we were taking event jobs mostly parties birthday parties anniversaries weddings burials whatever we could find because you know it was also at a developmental stage and one thing i can really relate to it a lot is the fact that there's a lot of overhead when it comes to um equipment in photography lights cameras um, other tools that you have to use and for us we were mostly renting because we could not afford the most recent equipment and most of the big jobs out there would require you to have a very really great camera which we could not afford to invest in so if you would like to share some more um, uh, some more details about your um, life uh, working as a photographer and also um, talk a little bit about the fact that you loved taking um, non-human pictures than actual humans and all of that. Anything you can just share with us? Oh, sure. Yeah, so I did the photography business for about seven years. And uh, I kind of started it on a whim because I, I like taking photos um, with my regular camera whenever I'd go on vacation or just of animals. And so I decided just one day I'll launch a photography business. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I, I think I enjoyed it at first, um, but it was just having to go out to, cause sometimes I'd have to drive one or two hours to a venue to do a wedding and and then, of course, be there from maybe four to eight hours and mm -hmm. then drive back. And then the editing took about three times as long as mm -hmm. the <laughs> the um, photography itself. And so that was also kind of another factor for why I wanted to switch to an online business is because then I could cut out any kind of uh, commute mm -hmm. to and from and and plus all the editing time. So it's like you know, one wedding between getting there and back, the wedding itself, and then the editing. I mean, it was almost a full week's worth of, mm -hmm. of time. So, um, yeah, that that was another factor for why I switched to online business. Okay, beautiful. Thank you for letting us know. And I know one of the main reasons why most people switch to working full-time from home is not, is at the top of the list is always the um, amount of time you spend on the road. And for people who have an office, the chance to not have to pay that enormous amount of money for office rent. I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in my um, town, um, mostly here in Nigeria, there's a there's a definitely higher chance that you would probably pay four times your regular house rent for an office space. I don't know if it's the same over there. Yeah, it is. It is pretty expensive. Um, that that does sound about right. Probably about four times. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, that is really crazy. And 
most businesses, especially new businesses, can never really break even except they get into the second or third year. So having to go with that enormous amount of money, uh, it's it can it it can be it can feel ridiculous at times. But now let's go into you trying to switch into a, a full work from home business that was always online. So what were the first steps? I know you said you had to do some trainings and all of that. Can you walk us through some of the first steps you took to ensure you had a good um, foundation for your business? Yeah, so I tried a few different things because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, so I did like a print-on-demand t-shirt business and and uh, drop shipping and that's basically where you're like the middleman between the wholesaler and the customer and um, the nice thing about both of those is it didn't I didn't have to keep an inventory mm -hmm. um, they take care of the printing and the shipping and all that um, but I mean you're only making maybe five dollars per sale I mean I don't know um, the the conversion rate between American and and you said you're in, in Nigeria right mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so like I don't know what that equates to but but you'd have to sell you know quite a few shirts I guess every day for it to to step uh, up to something reasonable Right. Yeah. So then I started trying different other things um, like affiliate marketing, which is where you just uh, refer products and services that you use and recommend. Um, and then if someone were to click on that link and buy that thing, then you would get a commission. Um, I still do some of that, like through the podcast and blog. Um, but yeah, and I tried different service-based businesses that were online but they were still service-based like um well and i guess now my podcasting business uh podseam is that but um so yeah i tried a few different things and uh it wasn't really until i got to podcasting that i really felt like that's where i'm i'm meant to be or <laughs> everything else it was kind of like ah, i tried it but I didn't really either I didn't like it or it wasn't producing enough income actually I did have a um, online travel agency for a while which did pretty well um, and I thought that that's what I was going to do forever okay. <laughs> before I found podcasting but the problem was like uh, especially when COVID hit and it impacted the travel industry so bad and I had to cancel all my bookings um, oh. And the thing with travel agencies is you don't get paid until the person completes their travel. So mm -hmm. anyway, so with COVID, I decided to to close up that and focus all my time and attention on podcasting. Wow. So um, at least um, one good thing is for both of us, we are both very passionate about podcasting. Can you just give us a little bit about um, your podcast. Why did you start it? What's the name of the podcast? What are the things you um, share with people on the podcast? Yeah, so it's called Frugalpreneur, Building a Business on a Bootstrap Budget. And I started the podcast to go along with my book uh, called Frugalpreneur, where I was just basically interviewing the, the CEOs of the different 
businesses that I had in the book. Um, but I was getting more just the connections I was making through the podcast and then um, the people it was reaching and the feedback I was getting, I decided to keep the podcast going. Um, and so now what I do is I interview, well, I do have some solo episodes where I'll talk about a particular um, you know, software or something that's free or affordable that helps me run my business okay. better. But I also interview people uh, in different areas of online business uh, and kind of get some tips and tricks from them and, and whatnot. So it's, uh, I've really enjoyed it and just the connections. And, and I think with podcasting becoming so much, so popular, like, it's been around for, I think, 16 years, but it's just been in the past year where it's really taken off. And mm -hmm. um, I think at a certain point, every business will probably need a podcast True. Um, to market. Sure, I agree with you. And um, I think the past um, the past two years up to now, now maybe a few more years will probably be um, some of the best times to, you know, um, get started with a podcast, with podcasting, especially if you are doing it for business or any type of um, growth, because it's at the stage where it's been more widely accepted and more so because people don't need a hundred percent attention to listen to a podcast. They can listen to a podcast while driving. They can do that while doing their morning exercise or while jogging or while running around. Unlike reading a book that requires your full attention or watching a video. So it's kind of it's kind of the right type of content for the, this world we are living in where people are becoming increasingly busy as the days go by. Yeah, exactly. It's like the only medium other than audiobooks. It's mm -hmm. really the only medium that you can do while you're multitasking, like you said, or it doesn't involve your eyes or your full attention like a video or a book does. So people can listen to it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um happy you talked about um audiobooks also. Um there was Actually, one of the guests I had on this show, I can't remember exactly what episode, he talked about when he just started podcasting, that one of the things he did was to try to get authors, because audiobooks were not 18 back then, so he tried to get authors to um, turn their books into podcast series, so they would just read um, a portion of their book for each episode of the podcast, so um, that makes it feel like even podcasting is even older than audiobooks, but definitely much more versatile because you can use it to connect to the right type of audience. And I believe that um, people who listen to podcasts are more likely to take action than people who don't. I don't know if my um, assumption is backed by research, but I do feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting about recording, like taking a book and then uh, doing podcast episodes like on each chapter or something. I actually, with my first book, I did read the introduction for my first episode of the podcast. But other than that, I haven't really done that. But that would be 
um a good idea actually that's that's interesting <laughs> yeah. okay so um now let's talk about um what are some of the things you do to make sure that you are always on top of your day-to-day activities while working from home things you do try, um to ensure that you don't get distracted then um after that we will get down to talk a little bit more about um podcasting yeah so i usually have kind of a a routine as far as the order i do things in um i usually do like the emails and uh like podcast booking podcast guesting and things like that in the beginning of my day um and then i usually do some training of some sort like watching or listening to other podcasts or videos uh you know education mm-hmm. and then uh, and then work on my businesses so i kind of i mean i don't have like a formal like okay this time to this time i'm mm-hmm. doing this and and whatnot but it kind of just naturally happens that that's the order i do things in and of course everyone's different as far as what order makes sense to them and because uh, you know some people it's better for them to not check their email until like the end of the day, because otherwise they might go down the rabbit hole of, <laughs> you know, e- responding to emails all day. But um, yeah, I try to limit like email, like any kind of administrative type of stuff like email mm-hmm. and things like that to 30 mm-hmm. to 60 minutes and then, um, and then move on to other things. So I guess that's how I kind of, manage my time i've thought about getting one of those like timer things where you time yourself and then when it goes off then you're on to the next thing but i i don't feel like i've gotten to the point where i need that yet (laughs) okay awesome so uh, definitely it appears to me like you're someone who likes to do everything in moderation not overdo anything and as that is probably what helps you get the best out of your day now when it comes to podcasting which is a topic i know you are quite passionate about what are some of the reasons you think a business for example will need a podcast yeah so i think you know just like every business should have a website i think it's getting to the point where every business will need a podcast um because just the well first of all podcast directories are search engines and so people can find you either by searching in the podcast directories or even googling uh, because google now transcribes podcasts um, so now they're pretty search friendly and um, but beyond the search capabilities is Uh, especially if you have guests on your show or you're a guest on other shows, being able to leverage each other's audience and reach more people that you probably wouldn't have access to otherwise. Um, And so I think a lot of people like the bigger the person is, the less likely they are to share episodes that they've been a guest on Mm -hmm. uh, just because they're so busy. But um, you know, I try to share every episode or every podcast I'm on. I actually create like my own little blog post and share that out um, with like the link to the audio and, and whatnot. So, um, but then, you know, being a guest on someone's show, then 
you have access to their audience they're hearing mm -hmm. you and and you know especially if you have like a call to action or something like that um or something you can offer for free then that kind of gets them into your ecosystem i guess you could say uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um yeah so i just find that it reaches more people in a quicker amount of time and for next to nothing other than your time uh, but as far as monetary it, it's next to nothing and um yeah i think it's better than ads or um yeah anything like that i just feel like it, it's a good traffic generator okay and thank you and lead uh-huh so um but for someone who wants to get started with a podcast what's is what do you think are the bare minimum requirements for getting started with a podcast um well technically someone could get started completely free uh, you know with something like anchor uh it's a host and then using their phone as their you know or apple earbuds or something but i don't really recommend that route um i was able to start my podcast for under a hundred dollars and that's kind of what i recommend and getting a professional microphone i have an atr 2100 which i think is like 60 or 80 dollars um us dollars mm -hmm. um and then there's like the samsung q2u which i think is even a little bit uh, less and you know as long as you already have a computer you pretty much just need a microphone and um, ideally some speakers or earbuds just so that if you're interviewing people there isn't echo and things like that mm -hmm. um, and then I mean really that's all you I mean you can record the interviews if you're doing solo episodes, you can record them directly into a software like Audacity, which is free. Or if you're doing interviews like this, you could do Zoom, which is free. And then, you know, there's others as well. Um, yeah, so it's really affordable. And you do need a podcast host, someone to host the RSS feed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some that offer a free plan but it, it won't get you very far like it's only holds so many hours or whatever mm -hmm. i started with spreaker though i think they have a, a seven dollar a month plan um which was probably the most affordable paid plan but i think i think there's a new one called sounder fm which mm -hmm. i believe is also free so yeah you can get started for under technically you could start for free but i recommend starting for around 100 by getting a a mic at least mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i um totally agree with you and you can then grow the um production or um increase your spend as you keep getting more results and more feedback on your show mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah as you make more money you can spend more money i guess uh, as mm -hmm. far as you know because a lot of people i think the idea of a podcast is overwhelming because they're like well i don't have the time to edit it and produce it and all that stuff um and i've been doing all that on my own because of my budget uh, 
And so, but I enjoy it and I've been told that I do a decent job of it. So I, <laughs> I started my own podcast production agency because I figured why not get paid to do it for other people. So mm-hmm. there's always that option, like if someone has the budget for it to, you know, because the way mine works is, you know, someone just records their episode and then they send it to me and I handle basically everything else. Everything else, yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, a lot of places that do that. And so that's an option for you know maybe people with a bigger budget or a company or something like that um but you know there's some people that will record and just put that up as is and don't even edit it or anything so i guess it all depends on on what how you want it to sound and what your budget is so, um no which helping people manage their podcast which is one thing you do and you find a lot of um you derive a lot of joy from that what uh how much burden does it take off the business or the person who only has time to record and i also believe part of what you do is you try to help them find guests for their show also Hmm. Yeah, it does save a lot of time because I mean, when I say I record like an hour long episode interview with somebody, it usually takes three to four times that um, probably closer to four. So four hours, I guess, to, you know, edit it and produce it. And then there's the show notes and the transcription mm-hmm. and the audiograms and social media images and all that stuff. Um so yeah, it does save a lot of time um, to outsource that. Uh, and then of course, like you said, with booking and finding guests and whatnot, that can take quite a bit of time as well. Um, I use a few different services. I think that's how we met was, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure which platform it was, but there's like Podbooker, Podmatch, Podit, Mm-hmm. and matchmaker those are the four that i know of and use so okay yeah mm-hmm. so, um i can add um podcastguests.com that is probably the biggest one actually i have oh over, yeah i have about 80 um guests lined up for through the platform already and i've not even started booking um most of these um guests to the show because I was just overwhelmed with the amount of people I got as soon as mm-hmm. the email went out. And but I have them all in my um, the spreadsheets, just need to start reaching out to them one by one. I think we met on Podit, which is also a really nice platform. Mm-hmm. I kind of prefer Podit to the other platforms because it gives you this regular stream. You c- kind of get a regular stream of people in a not so overwhelming manner like um podcast guest is great i can dispute it but you know um having like 80 people ready to be on your show that's like (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow this is amazing and all of that i love it and i'm definitely going to reach out to every single person on the um list but you know with um the what it's and pod match i don't get that overwhelmed i just get a regular stream that comes maybe like two or three people in a month and i'm just very okay with that because i only have, it's just a weekly show and i have just four weeks so but with um the other um one i was talking about now even if i decide not to open my pod it or my pod match 
account for the next one year, I have enough guests to fill up the slots. Now, mm -hmm. So let's um, try to round up and talk about um, just any advice you would like to, like to give um, podcasters out there. Uh, maybe they are um, feeling down because they are not reaching the amount of people they feel they should be reaching. What um, advice would you want to give to such people? Um, I would say, you know, because a lot of people that have their own show, they don't see the point or necessity of being a guest on other shows. But I recommend being a guest on other shows, even if you have your own show, because then you're reaching people that already listen to podcasts. So they're more likely to check out your podcast, assuming it's within the same, obviously within the same genre. Mm -hmm. um, so that would probably be my number one, the best way. Uh, you could run ads and things like that, but I don't know. I find that, especially if you're on a budget, that going the guest route is the the best way to do it. Uh, if you are going to run ads, probably don't do like Facebook ads, but do ads within the podcast directory apps. Like I think Overcast, it's kind of expensive though. Mm -hmm. I've never done it because it's expensive. It's like yeah. two or 500 bucks or whatever. So I've never done it. Um, but that's one way because then you're reaching people while they're in the app already listening to podcasts. Um, so I guess those would probably be the best ways. And then connecting with other podcast hosts and guests through like the platforms we had talked about, like Podit or Podmatch or Podbooker and podcast guests, like you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I did that too with podcast guests. They sent out that email and then I got a spreadsheet of I think it was like 120 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's overwhelming because you get them all at once instead yeah. of, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a bunch of different places like that that you can make the connections as far as what podcasts to be on. And then if you're wanting to have guests on your show and being able to find guests that way. And um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, what I would, the advice that I would give to grow your your audience. Thank you very much for being um, very down to earth by, you know, sharing your real life experience. And I'm sure someone out there or more would be able to connect with what you have explained today, especially with, you know, shuffling through different faces of the work from home life by having the photography business where you only go out and still have a lot of time, commute time and then switching to, you know, the affiliate marketing, the um, job shipping business before now, um, deciding to, you know, grow your podcast and also help other people to grow their podcast. I want to appreciate your time for joining on the show. And um, you have um, some free resources for my listeners, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have three books and I give them all away for free, uh, the PDF version of them mm -hmm. at com forward slash free. Uh, and that's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N.com forward slash free. 
Okay, beautiful. I'm going to leave the link for that in the show notes. We are also going to have um, other links to definitely my um, social media account so that you can always you know, reach out to her and ask questions. And I'm sure if she has free time, she'll be definitely available to mm-hmm. reach back to you. Yeah, definitely. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm everywhere on social at the Sarah St. John. Yeah. So um, uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining. You can make sure to share with your friends and family because you don't want to get all this wealth of knowledge and keep it to yourself. Thank you very much and have a great week.